0: Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making, be inspired by their story and enlightened by their their leadership, insight, and advice. Welcome back to another episode of When Hers United, the podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, and I truly appreciate you listening in. This is season nine, episode six, entitled, Reimagine what's possible with Jimmy Laganian. Before we jump into the interview, I want to tell you more about me and When Hers United the Podcast. I believe that success leaves clues, and When Hers United the Podcast was created to give you the clues you need to succeed in business, mindset, personal development, and self-care these are the four pillars we stand on here at Winhurst united which is why they are emphasized so we all can live a complete and fulfilled life both personally as well as professionally if it's not too much to ask please go to apple podcast and give us a five star rating then write us a review as a thank you i'll be giving shout outs on future episodes to those that take a moment to do this now without further ado let's get into season nine episode six entitled reimagine what's possible with jimmy lagania all right we are back with another amazing winning woman of color entrepreneur so jimmy welcome Hi, Nicole. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fun. You're welcome. I'm excited, too. (laughs) All right. So before we hear from Jimmy, let me tell you more about her. Producer Jimmy Luganier discovered podcasting in 2014 and has grown her business, Flintstone Media, along with Florida Podcast Network, hosting and producing podcasts and managing podcast networks. She is a podcast producer, coach, speaker, and industry expert who earned the privilege of being the first podcasting instructor for the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. She's also the recipient of PodFest 2020 High Achiever Award, and she manages to do all of these amazing things while being a single. Mother. So, Jimmy, oh, my, oh my gosh, goodness. if I Listen, was a black, I'd be you blushing. Are amazing. <laughs> you are amazing. You hear me? So let's talk business. All right. So let's get started by you telling us what prompted you to leave your 15 year career in data analytics Ooh. and how you got started in the podcasting
1: industry. Oh, gosh, that's a great question. So I <laughs> I was um, bored. Fifteen years as a data analyst, and I was bored. And I'd really grown as much as I could. I got into data analytics because I love solving puzzles, I love solving problems, and I love being able to go to a department head and say, you know, what do you need in reporting, and be able to write thousands of lines of code and do all the things, and then their job gets a lot easier. So I love that. But after fifteen years, I'd I pretty much had grown as much as I could, and. I used to listen to this radio show every day and it would get me through my day and it was my favorite talk show was on the radio in the mornings and they started repackaging it as a podcast. So I'd listen to it on replay the rest of the day, every day. This is all I listened to. And the show got taken off the air, essentially got moved to another station and kind of deconstructed. So I started this campaign to say, I wanted them back on the air, and it got really, 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 really big and ended up involving hundreds of listeners and fans, huge crowds at festivals cheering for them. I got on the news, television news, in the media, newspapers, all kinds of stuff. I was a little obnoxious about it, but I, I, I won! I got them <laughs> back on the air! And so, that they called me, this radio show, that I've been such a fan of, they called me and they said, when we get back on the air, we want two producers. We would love to consider you to be a producer. And I said, you know, I've never produced anything <laughs> before. Right? Right, and I'm like, Jeffy, right. shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> your dream job is being handed to you on a silver platter. Shut your mouth. But I said it and, and they said, that's OK. You can be the content producer. You know our content. So I thought, well, I don't want to walk in day one not knowing anything. And so I'm like, let me start a podcast. Then I also thought, well, I'm really good, apparently, at digital marketing. So I started my company doing digital marketing, social media, website design, development, PR. And I'm like, how do you build a business doing something you love? How do you do what you love for a living? I don't know. How do you do that? So I'm like, well, let me ask some people. I said, well, let me ask some people on a podcast so everyone can get their answers. So I started podcasting in order to find out how to build a business that I wanted to do for a living to figure out how people do that. And then it also was a way for me to spread the word and on accident (laughs) fell in (laughs) love with podcasting and I was not officially offered the job with the radio station. And so now I had this business that I was growing. I was falling in love with podcasting and I went to my first conference about a year and a half later and that was it. I was done. I was like, oh, you can make money of this. You can build a business of tell me more. (laughs) That was it. Then I flipped my business from digital marketing and web design and stuff to podcasting over several years. <laughs> took a while. Oh,
0: I love that. I love that. I feel like so many gems. Yeah. I gleaned so many gems off of that answer in itself, right? I feel like many people can relate to being bored in what they may currently do yes. in their career path. Right. So kudos to you for having the courage to you. not allow yourself. Right. So you're welcome to stay there. Right. Because some people just oh, this is it, you know, and I'm going to stay here. Right. Exactly. So I think that deserves a congratulations. Yes. And then solve a problem like anyone all of our faithful and loyal listeners know that they've heard this time and time again right a lot of people's business has come from them solving a problem Mm -hmm. and I love that it wasn't even solving a problem for yourself well kind of yourself but not really right it was helping someone else you know of course it was yeah I want to still hear these people right right? but it was you going out of your way to help someone else I, I think that's amazing
1: And so actually, that's why the name of the company, I don't know if this is a question you're coming to, but that's why I named my company the way that I named it was because I wanted to be a company where its purpose was to help other people have their dreams come true. Mm. It felt so good to know that this radio station, they had built this show for so long. They loved this show. They loved their listeners. And it was falling apart. It was Mm. crumbling. It was being caught off at the knees. And then here comes Joan of Arc Jemmy (laughs) that saves the day. And I was like, that feels really good. It feels really good. So I wanted it to be a company that helped set everybody else's goals and ambitions on fire. So that's, yeah, exactly why I did it. I love that.
0: Love that other gems i gleaned was don't take no for an answer oh, right like God. you talked about halfway being obnoxious <laughs> right but that really sounds like you know just determination right and, and that's a gem within itself right
1: my dad has a has a name for that he calls it being a bulldog he's like you're such a bulldog jemmy he's like once you sink your teeth into something you don't let go i'm like yeah
0: that's listen it. listen i'll take it that means i get results right?" exactly Exactly. And then the other gem I gleaned was with your podcasting, and it actually reminded me of myself where. When I started this podcast, I wanted to know more about women entrepreneurial journeys and mm-hmm. strengthen myself as a woman of color entrepreneur. There you go. And I love how. Yeah. Like you said, like get answers for yourself. There and you also, go. well, I'm not going to just keep it to me. I'm going to give you all the answers. So like it's great. a win win. Right. <laughs> That's so great. The power of podcasting, people. I love listen, it. Listen, listen. So when I think of podcasting, like one of the benefits that drew me toward it was that it allows you to open yourself up to a global mm-hmm. audience. Right. Mm-hmm. But I love that you took a different approach to that <laughs> with the Florida Podcast Network. Right. And keeping it local. Yeah. So talk to us more about your inspiration to do that and the benefits that you achieved because of doing a geolocal
1: show. I'll tell you what I probably couldn't have been geolocal when i first started because podcasting wasn't big enough it wasn't a big okay. enough industry it wasn't a big enough space but i think i got in i started it and started thinking about being geolocal at exactly the right time because mm. it had grown enough that enough people knew about podcasting but no one was really doing geolocal stuff yet not really mm. and so and so we i kind of helped not i wasn't the only one but i kind of helped create the framework of how that's, how that's done. How do you create a geolocal show? But the playbook for that wasn't mine. I actually, I totally stole it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> but it wasn't geolocal. It was the playbook on building a niche and building a community. And that came from my work with the Horse Radio Network. So the Horse Radio Network, they literally wrote the book on how to build a podcast network within a niche that cultivates community has incredible sponsors that are just all over it. Listeners that are all over it. Great content. Da da da. da. And so I said, okay, I want to network too. How can I take that framework and make it something that's geolocal? What do I do? And being from Florida, and Florida kept sucking me back in. No matter how many times I tried to leave, <laughs> keep me <coming> back. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'm from Florida. So being from Florida, I realized there's a lot that is about Florida. Like when so- when you say you're from Florida. People react, their hmm. reactions are all over the, the all park. Over. They're like they're like right. everything from, oh my gosh, you're next to the beaches, and oh my gosh, say hi to Mickey to um, oh, so, so how was the, how were the bath salts this weekend? Like you never know what you're <laughs> gonna get when you talk to someone about Florida. So what I realized is that there's a great opportunity. And I thought, okay, if I'm building a network, where's the money opportunity really at? And at the time I was building it was 2019 when it first was getting started. And the opportunity was in Florida's biggest industry at the time, travel and tourism. Yay! Right, right. And then comes this thing called COVID. Huh. <laughs> so literally, just as like the engines were really hitting the ground running, you know, our travel adventure show, Finding Florida, was making massive inroads. We had been all over the state. We had formed relationships with all these different visitors bureaus and all these things. And we had sponsorships. The ecosystem was was starting to gel. And then COVID hit and all fell apart. Mm. So I had to think and literally all the shows except for, ironically enough, Florida Beer Podcast is <laughs> <it's> the <laughs> only one that remained in production <laughs> the whole time. So with our one little show keeping us going through the pandemic, I had to reformulate our business plan. And I realized instead, let me just, create the shows that I really want. What are the shows about Florida that I really want? Because when you're in bed with the travel and tourism industry, to a certain extent, you have to present Florida in a positive light almost all the time, right? There's You could joke about it, but there's a little bigger room, but not a lot. Whereas I want to show the good, the bad, and the ugly of Florida. That's the fun. And right. so now I'm creating shows that I want. They're owned by Florida Podcast Network, so the, the model's a little bit different. We hire the hosts and they put this great content together and we put the shows out. And so we just literally launched today as we are recording our latest show which is called Tech Exploration. So it's all about the tech and innovation spaces in Florida. So, Mm. yeah. And so that's being hosted by Craig and David who have a digital marketing agency in Orlando. They're hilarious. They're geeky and nerdy to the core. And I love it. And They're so like enthusiastic and passionate about it. And, you know, We're able to interview local business owners who are doing cool things in tech and innovation. They form a relationship with them. We can create an opportunity for their brands and businesses to be put in front of other brands and businesses that might want to play and strategize and do things. So it's just the thing. this thing that really, really works, especially now where I think we've realized over the last couple of years how important community is. Mm. I think we've all had to take a step back and recognize that more than ever before. We right. appreciate that more because it was taken away for a good while. Right. Right. And right. so now it's like people are like all hands or fist, ready to, to do things together and, and collaborate. and to con- So everything's about to get really, really exciting. So Geolocal is really a great opportunity. You know, I think if you have a show that's Geolocal, you can talk to your visitors bureau. You can talk to your small business association. You can talk to local venues, local business owners, and create incredible partnerships, local media outlets. And I get invites all the time to go to festivals and different things around because they know that when I show up, my crew shows up, we'll cover it and it'll be fun. And they're, and, and mm. they're going to have a good experience working with us there. So I have great relationships throughout Florida and it's been, it was one of the best moves I ever make was creating FPN.
0: I love that. Again, so many gems, right? So many (laughs) gems. And I love the values that you talked about as far as or the benefits that you talked about as far as how you can make those connections, collaborations and Mm -hmm. build those local relationships. Right. And I do agree that, you know, it is all about community. And that's one of the things I feel like I struggle with personally. It's like, I want an event. Okay, so <laughs> as a global podcast, like what well, it, it has to look like, maybe a tour. So then I do my analytics, and I'm like, okay, I have a lot of listeners in Atlanta and a lot in California, right? But if you don't have the budget to do all right. that traveling, you know right. how are you going to make that happen? Then I have a virtual event, and it's nice, but you do at, want to get together in person, yeah. with people, right? Yeah, I love your mention of timing. Right, that sometimes timing. May not be the right timing, but mm-hmm. then when you got in, it was the perfect timing mm-hmm. Congratulations on being a pioneer in the thank space. Thank you. Thank right? you. That's what I heard mm-hmm. when you
1: said that, right? <laughs> so far, I've been Jonah Park on this on this interview. So far, I've been a pioneer. This is good. I love it. Listen,
0: you know, <laughs> this is about celebrating. Right. And then I love your. Well, what I gleaned from what you said as far as you took someone else's model, right? So Mm -hmm. to me, that's like don't reinvent the wheel. Right. And I think that they have a or society has like a bad connotation around copying, so Mm -hmm. to say, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Where nothing under the earth is new. Like, okay, yeah, don't go and take this person's word for word verbatim, right? But there's nothing wrong with using someone's model as
1: an inspiration
0: to then create your own thing, right? Exactly.
1: If I'm gonna create a video game platform, I'm not gonna say, let me start from absolute ground zero. (laughs) Start from scratch. No No one does that. I'm gonna say, how did did Sony uh, make PlayStation popular? How did NES grow? I'm gonna look at who's done it before me and what they did right, what worked, and remodel that to fit what I want to do. And by the way, Glenn at Horse Radio Network was more than happy to guide me through this process because that's who he is. And so major kudos to Glenn for being you know, basically my mentor and building Florida Podcast Network and everything else. So actually, we just did an interview with him on Tech Exploration. Um, so you should definitely check that out because if anybody has, has sponsors on your podcast and you're getting paid via flat rate rather than CPM model, you have Glenn, the geek from Horse Radio Network to thank for setting that the tone for that and making sure that podcasters got paid their true value. So I just wanted mm. to say to Glenn for that. So he does not mind yes. setting Listen. a playbook and say, here are the passes everybody can play in this playbook. <laughs> love that. Love, love, love it.
0: All right. So you mentioned relationships, right? Yeah. yeah. And I feel like networking and having a strong network is an integral part to being a successful entrepreneur, right? 1000%. Yes. So talk to us more about your experience and any advice that you have when it comes to building a network.
1: Oh, my gosh. Let me get started. Okay. All right. (laughs) So (laughs) as an entrepreneur, when you're building something, it can be a very lonely experience, a very isolating journey. You know, you're gonna get people who look at you like, "Are you sure you want to do that?" Or that's really not a good idea. Or you need to put food on the table. And don't. I mean, there's gonna be it's gonna come at you from all angles, you know. And all I can say is, you need to find the people who are gonna support you because their dreams are just as crazy as yours are, right? <laughs> and so they they get it. They totally get it. So for me, I found those people three ways. One is going to events. Podcasting conferences. So, within the, mm-hmm. the medium that I produce stuff, going to conferences in the industries that I serve. So, for example, Florida Restaurant and Lodging Association had an incredible conference that I went to and made just created great relationships there. And there's another, the there's a Florida huddle story I'll tell you in just a moment. And the third way was creating my own events and things. So, I created a, a meetup group. So, I'm now the organizer of the Palm Beach Podcasters meetup group. So we haven't met since pre-COVID, but we're still there. But my point is going to events, creating events, allows you to have relationships with people. And those relationships are going to be the make or break for you. Because first of all, you'll get to meet people who have been there, done that. So you're going to get people who can guide you just like Glenn did for me. Secondly, you're going to have people who understand why you want to do it and why, why there's that drive, like, we're different. Like we're diff- right. we're just different. Right. When we're just not wired, the kind yes. Yeah, when we're not the kind who can be satisfied living in a cubicle and making someone else's bank grow, like we're different. And so you need to be around other people who are like us. And just to get that support. Plus also as you're going through the journey, like you don't know if a move you're about to make is the exact wrong thing you should be doing. It might sound really great intuitively, right? But it could be the exact wrong thing you should do. I can't tell you how many times, because I I give podcasting advice all the time, someone comes to me and shares the same podcasting advice that Google has been serving up for years, and it makes sense on the surface, but for their test case, it doesn't make sense at all. And I Mm. I have to kind of, you know, wrangle them in and explain it, and then they see the light. So the more that you can surround yourself with people that can help you avoid the minefields that you don't know that you're stepping into, the better off you're going to be. So- forming relationships is huge. Now, I've talked about where, so conferences in the medium you serve, conferences in the industry you serve, creating your own events, but also how is also really, really important. So you can go to an event as an attendee and you can network and if you do that, my biggest piece of advice is learn the schedule, know where you wanna be and when and what talks you wanna go to and those kinds of things, but also don't overschedule yourself. So you have Mm. a lot of time to make those contacts in the hallways, nurture those conversations and really form those relationships that after the conference they continue. That's huge. Then, so you can go as an attendee. You can also go as a speaker. You know, I've spoken at many events and and things like that. I love to talk about podcasting and whatnot. So going as a speaker, tend to get in for free. (laughs) 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 Hint, hint. <laughs> and then also you can go uh you can get media passes so if you're a podcaster too listening to this or if you're a blogger or whatever it is applying for media passes can be a really great way for you to get in mm. to talk to certain people again you'll go in for free and because if you go especially if you're a podcaster you walk in there with your microphone and you're meeting everybody but then once you've met people really nurture those relationships. So reach out to them afterwards, write down on their business card, like some key thing that's going to remind you of who they are, because you're going to be meeting so many people. So if you're in one of those high intense places, like a conference, just give yourself those cheat notes for later. But then if you're meeting people one-on-one or, you know, by word of mouth or whatever it is, like try your best to, to finish those relationships. I'll be the first to say, I am the worst. The, my Achilles heel are DMs. I'm the worst at DMs. and It's because DMs are everywhere. I was so proud of myself. I finally signed up for TikTok. I got on the TikTok ride like a few months ago. And then I realized, dang it, TikTok has an inbox too. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> so I'm the worst at that. So don't be a jemmy on your DMs. Nurture your DMs too. But other than that, be a jemmy and nurture your relationships. <laughs>
0: I love that so so many gems I'm not gonna go over each one right (laughs) y'all better be taking the notes y'all have your notepads out rewind whatever you have to do to get all of the gems but one thing that you said that really stuck out to me and I can totally agree because I experienced (laughs) it myself was I'm I'm one of those I want to learn all of the things right Mm -hmm. I attend all of the different podcasting conferences I also attend you know, women entrepreneurship conferences, right? Because it goes with my thing, right? But I remember like one of the best conferences that I attended was one of the pie fest events, but it was when I wasn't speaking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was when I didn't feel like I had to go to every single class that was every single hour. (laughs) Right. Right. I spent time in the halls. I met people and I had conversations and I'm actually really close with one of the people. Well, two of them that I met during that particular time. So yes. Spot on advice. Spot on advice.
1: Let me tell you what, one little add on to that advice. Know who you're talking to. I actually had lunch with a legend in podcasting named Evo Terra. Did not realize who Evo Terra was. until Way later. So I totally missed the opportunity to ask him so many more questions than I would have asked him if I had realized. So, yeah, take note. Use that phone. Google people real quick. Just know who you're, who you're talking to miss
0: on Mm. opportunities
1: (laughs) that's a good one hey man I admit my triumphs along with my trials I am not ashamed (laughs) right
0: right I love it I love it now let's talk mindset So I found a quote on your website that I absolutely love. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it is related to mindset. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Sure. But it reads, the only thing more powerful than your voice is your spirit to use it. Mm -hmm. So can you
1: elaborate on that for us? Oh my gosh. That quote means so much to me in so many different ways. Whether you're a seven-year-old girl who feels like, you're crying in the corner because something's happening to you and you don't have anyone you can feel like you can trust and talk to your mm-hmm. voice has power. If you are an oppressed people and you need to go out into the street and protest, your voice has power. If you have had a life, ex- I'm getting chills right now. Just say this. If you have life experiences that you've grown from and you feel it can help someone else, Get on a microphone because your voice has power. You know, the only reason people don't learn from your mistakes or your lessons is because you haven't shared them. Mm. I just believe that in every core of my being. You know, when I went to my first podcast conference, is when I not only understood potential business here, but also I really got appreciation for the power of podcasting. I remember meeting an incredible woman named Denicia, who had, I believe is the show's retired now, but she had a show called Sisters of Flow. Mm. Yes, it was about your period. <laughs> 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 and all kinds of women's health issues. And it was a powerful show. Now, when she first told me about it, I was like, you do a show about what now? You do what? Excuse me? What?
0: Right, <laughs> I huh? thought it was just bold. Right. <laughs> I thought it was
1: just bold, but it was right. so much more than that. She told me about getting messages from girls in households and cultures that don't talk about these things don't share any of that stuff so for them they'd have no idea what's going on with their bodies and her show gave them information that they needed Mm. and then this one really made my jaw hit the floor when she said that there was a good number of her listeners who were actually single fathers because they didn't know where to get information either and they were raising girls and they needed answers and they were too embarrassed to ask you know somebody so there's so much power in your voice so use it
0: I love that and I feel like part of that message right is you can talk about anything when it comes to podcasting. and I Mm -hmm. think that that just makes podcasting super amazing also Mm -hmm. but in the just use your voice right like it may seem easy Right. But it, it, it's not as easy as it seems, which I think is why this fits appropriately in mindset. Right. Like a lot yes. of people don't like the way their voice sounds. Oh, a lot of people don't think what girl. they have to say has
1: value, but it does. Let you me know? tell your you, your voice is your voice. <laughs> I have to tell you, there was a there was a moment I hesitated starting a podcast. There was a moment I hesitated and it was for one reason alone. My laugh. Oh. I was like, my laugh is the laugh heard around the world. It sneaks up and punches you in the face. It's like, I don't need everyone. No one needs that. No one needs that. But what's so funny, and it was always on, on my head. Like for two years before I got like anyone saying anything about me or my show or anything, it's always in my I was always in my back of my head. Oh, I just I hate my laugh. And now it's so funny because I get complimented on it all the time. I've had people, three people individually telling me I should NFT my laugh. I don't know what that means, but mm. apparently my laugh is worth something. <laughs> I didn't right. know. I didn't right. appreciate it. So whatever it is that you're thinking is about your voice that you don't like, like you're the only one thinking that. Use it. Right. Use it. Use it. <laughs> Love it. Use it. All right. So let's switch a little bit
0: and let's talk about projecting, right? Mm. So I feel like projecting is something that happens often, right? Sometimes we may not even realize we're projecting, right? We project our feelings, our thoughts, our agendas, all kinds of things on other people. Mm. But talk to us about your experience with
1: projecting onto others and Mm -hmm. what you did to change it. Oof. When I hear the word projecting, I don't want to say I'm triggered. (laughs) But I remember what I used to do that was really, really bad for my well-being, and it was uh, it was related to finances. So my parents are immigrants; they're from Haiti. Uh, we do not come from wealth. We were not we're not poor families in Haiti, but we did not come from <laughs> wealth. And and so we weren't you know driving the best cars. And all that that wasn't us. We were the family that. You know, we had to think twice about everything—getting mm. dinner, or going to a movie, or renting a blockbuster movie. Yes, blockbuster. I said it. Uh, you know, whatever, every little thing you had to think about. Right. I remember one time I I discovered one nine hundred numbers. It was a joke line, okay. right?
0: Right. Right. Um, not
1: realizing that that cost money, and okay. um, my dad got the bill, and my butt paid for that bill. <laughs> that
0: month. Listen. So
1: for me, money was like. You know, never in abundance. And so, whenever I was building a business, you know, I work my butt off to become good at what I do and to develop my craft and to produce results for my clients and all these things. And I have a track record. But yet, I also know that I can make an impact for the people who are really trying to, you know, use podcasting and da da da. So, for me, I wanted to help as many people as possible. I, I would have this struggle between wanting to raise my prices to get me closer to a livable wage. This was in the beginning of my, my business, getting closer to a livable wage, struggling that with, but if I raise my prices, how can people afford this? Not really representing my value. And it's taken a lot to, to come to terms with that and to recognize it. And when I recognized it was with the word projection. Mm. I realized what I was doing was I was projecting my budget. My lack of being able to afford anything, (laughs) (laughs) I was projecting my budget onto other people that because I couldn't have afforded my prices, I was assuming that nobody else could. But the funny thing is that once you start charging your value, guess what? You can start affording your own self. Like If I wanted to hire me, I could suddenly now afford me. So I've mentally grown from that because the hardest thing was the guilt. I really struggled with that because I'm like, I know I can help more people, but I also know they can't necessarily afford it if I keep raising my prices. But I need to keep raising my prices because I'm really, really good and I deliver all this. It's not just about editing. I'm not just editing a podcast. I'm literally taking your goal and what you're serving towards for your brand and your business and your own personal public image. And I'm crafting a show that gets you to that goal. It's more public relations than anything else. Mm. The podcasting is the vehicle and the tool. So it's the editing, it's the show development, it's the post-production, it's the marketing, it's the web design and development, it's the SEO. It's, I've been to law school and I spill my brain onto the table for all of my clients. Mm. So my value is another level. I'm not, I'm not a Honda Accord.
0: <laughs> right,
1: right? I'm a Cadillac and I should be charging Cadillac prices. But I also want to help the people who can only afford Honda Accords. What do I do? And it occurred to me that once I realized that I was projecting, I still had to get over the mental health pump of what I do. So I started, number one, going to Clubhouse more, holding Clubhouse rooms completely for free, you know, Mm. and just whoever came in answering lots of lots of questions. I probably, other than the last two months, because I've been extremely busy, on average, eight to 10 hours a week in Clubhouse answering tons of questions. Then it was group workshops and courses that were significantly reduced in price compared to my price tag for working with me one-on-one. So I created these other options for people who maybe couldn't afford. And also I'm not afraid to refer either. Like I know some really great people who don't charge what I charge. So I'm also not afraid to refer people and also help the person I'm referring them to help their business grow. So so all of these things have been little pieces that I've put into the into the puzzle to help me figure out my problem of projecting my budget onto other people. And now I've raised my prices and I feel really comfortable about it.
0: (sighs) Okay. I love it. Again, you know, just gym after gym, after gym. I I love how you figured out a way to serve everyone you want to serve without sacrificing yourself. Yes, Like I think that that probably was, you know, like the biggest thing for me because I can totally relate to projecting, right? Yes. I'm, I'm still there, right? So yes. you're preaching to me, so I appreciate you, right? <laughs> and-, <laughs> and I could also relate to because I want to serve people in these different places, right? So I love how you broke down being able to do that and not feel bad about it anymore, right? And
1: you know what though? Like, here's what's awesome about it so i expected to just get to a place of being comfortable i'm like let me just get comfortable i'm cool right Let me get comfortable with this feeling let me get rid of this feeling cool but not only that but because i had done what i'd done holy crap like i was now able to work for fewer people i was mm. able to make more money and because of that i was less exhausted mm. i was able to serve my clients a lot better I was able to be a better mother. Mm. I was able to hire and increase my team, which means now um, creating more jobs and employment. So there are all of these after effects that are so much bigger than the problem I was trying to solve. And what I really hope your listeners gain from this part in particular is the more that you honor yourself, this is a hard mm. lesson for me to learn. the more that you honor yourself, the more you take care of yourself, Literally, the more that you take the mask and put it over your face first before assisting others, the better you'll be able to assist others. Mm. If you're struggling with the guilt like I was, I'm now able to do everything that I was concerned I was going to have to step away from. I'm able to do all of that a million times better, simply starting with raising my prices to better match my value. It was amazing. I love it. I love it. And I do feel like a lot of people
0: can take something or will learn something from that, because I remember it was a time when I was doing market research. Right. So I'm asking different women of color entrepreneurs, what do you struggle with? And the Mm -hmm. consistent answer that I got was pricing. Mm -hmm. Pricing is such a big struggle. And I don't know if it's just a woman thing or not but i know that from the women i yeah, surveyed
1: <laughs> yeah yeah Pricing i don't know where, i don't know why but it is absolutely true i'm sure there's a book or two that's written about why but i don't know why but it's right. absolutely true <laughs> the early
0: bird tickets for the second win Hers united virtual summit will be free until the end of march after March 31st, the tickets will no longer be free. The Early Bird Special will be over. So go get your Early Bird Special ticket today. Who wants to pay when you can get it for free? Go to winhersunited.com forward slash events to get your ticket today. And if you want to support the ongoing production of WinHerd United the podcast, your contributions are welcomed and appreciated. There are two ways that you can support via Cash App and via Buy Me a Coffee. The Cash App handle for WinHurst United, the podcast, is dollar sign WinHurst United. And the Buy Me a Coffee URL is buymeacoffee.com forward slash WinHurst United. All of these links will be in the show notes. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember that no donation is too small. Now, let's talk personal development. Outsourcing, I feel like, is a major step in personal development, right? Mm -hmm. You talked about how increasing your prices allowed you to then hire, to then be more Available and show up the way you wanted to show up. Mm-hmm. So,
1: just talk to us about your experience with that. Oh my gosh, so funny! Right before we we got on, I recorded. I haven't had a chance to post yet, but I recorded a little video saying, "Hey, I'm about to record with Nicole." But also, guess what? This is the last day to apply for my <laughs> new job. I so I currently have this open position with my company, so this is a great time timely question, man. I remember the first person I hired, his name's George. He still works for me. He's phenomenal. Hi, George, For listening. Nice. And I knew I needed somebody. I needed help. There was no way I was going to be able to scale my company and grow with just being one person. Mm -hmm. You know, I mentioned my one mentor, Glenn, earlier, and now I think it's a perfect time for me to mention another mentor of mine named Jeremy. Jeremy is who I learned a lot of business fundamentals from. Um, also website design development, all this stuff, but business fundamentals and and hiring people and all these things. And he taught me a lot. And when it comes to being able to scale, if you have a bottleneck of resources, you have a bottleneck of growth. You have a ceiling mm. to your growth. So there were a lot of things that I was doing that was kind of falling into an administrative bucket that if it was taking up a lot of my time that I knew was helping the business grow, but it was, it was also something that I didn't personally have to do. Somebody else could do that. Now, I happened to be speaking. I was presenting podcasting at the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. This is before they asked me to be, be an instructor. And George worked for them. And he caught me during like a, a lull. And he, he said, hey, you know, do you mind if I ask you a couple of questions? I have a podcast. I said, sure. So asking asked me questions. And it became evident that this kid was super passionate about podcasting. I love the fact that he... He had the gumption to come and talk to me and ask me, you know? And I just liked him. He was a cool kid. So right. so I hired him. I <laughs> said, so, I'm going to hire you. And I just started putting things off on him that were, I called them special projects, make them feel good, but they were just, it was, you know, it was, it was busy work, really. But he did it and he, and he was happy about it. And his role, I found promotions so fast that this kid is head spun. <laughs> like, I just like him. I just <laughs> love seeing him grow and, and everything. But that was the most important thing. What Jeremy taught me was, that in order to grow a business, you can't do it alone. You Mm. have to build your team because there's gonna be a bottleneck. Jeremy also taught me that the most important attribute or trait about the people that you bring onto your team is whether or not they fit into your culture. Mm. You can teach someone how to edit. You can teach someone how to put up a website post. What you can't teach them how to do is to want to do it or Mm. to care about the work or to give a crap if it's done correctly. right? And that's the most important thing. So those have been my guideposts for building my business. So I hired George, and then about a year and a half later, maybe, I went on a hiring binge, and I hired like six more people all at once (laughs) because I could see the writing on the wall. I had done such a good job building the business that all of a sudden all these new clients were coming in that I was not going to be able to service myself. So I needed editors, I needed more of a team. So I started this hiring process and finding people who were skilled at the craft, were willing to learn more if they wanted to. if I had more, I wanted to teach them. But that also really were excited about the job and about the work. And I couldn't be more proud of, of the team that I've built and am building, continuing to build so far. The most recent example I'll share as well, her name's Amber. She's been working with us, I guess a little under a year now. And she emailed me in the middle of the pandemic. And she basically says, you know, I'm about to graduate. I'm really into podcasting. I'd love to, you know, come work for Flintstone Media and Florida Podcast Network. I said, that's great. I got nothing for you, but that's great. (laughs) (laughs) But let me tell you when I did have something. She was the person I reached out to. We had Mm. been going back and forth about six months. And it was so clear that she was so passionate about it. and She really wanted it. So I brought her on board and she has been incredible and she's been wanting to learn and grow. And so this most current position for somebody who, same thing, super passionate about business, super passionate about podcasting, wants to learn and someone who I can see has all the core competencies and wants to grow.
0: Love it, love it. (laughs) So my takeaway is don't limit yourself. When you said bottleneck, as far as your ceiling, like limiting yeah. what your ceiling was, like that was really impactful for me. And
1: I think that that's a, a great gem. Thank you. Thank you. It's been super important. And it's still my guidepost today. In fact, the reason I know that I needed to hire this new business administrator is because I'm the latest bottleneck in the business. I know that at this point, we have the team for the editing, but I love show development, very, working very one-on-one, but there's only one of me. And so right. if I have three or four people who want to, you know, become clients, then there's still only one of me. So now I'm teaching aforementioned George and Amber, who've been recently promoted to lead producers, <laughs> to take on some of the show development role and learn this process. And so, so that's what they've done. But now this with the business administrator to learn like the other third of the business, <laughs> the other third of my task list uh, will be going to this new person. So I'll no longer be the bottleneck.
0: Well, good. Love it. Love <laughs> it. And I love the promoting from within. Right.
1: I think that's yes, awesome. Yes. Yes. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. In fact, one of the things that I, I firmly believe in is that especially if you're talking about having a very small team to start, is that at least this is what, what worked for me. Was everybody on my the very initial core team knew all the things like they all knew how to do recording sessions. They all knew how to edit. They all knew how to do the post-production. Now, some of them were editors, and some of them were post-producers, and some of them were recording producers, but they all knew the full scope so that I could see which area they shined the most in. Mm. And the way that they shined is how they've guided their track through Flintstone Media. So, George is really great with all the technical stuff. He's a gearhead. he loves equipment. So he's now my lead technical producer. Amber is really, really smart when it comes to knowing content, when it comes to guest relations, when it comes to be able to do research and find the story and understand the angles of things. She's now the lead content producer. Mm. And so, so finding out which roles people are best suited for by kind of teaching them a little bit of everything at first has proven well. <laughs>
0: I like that. I like that because I feel like some, you know, big corporations don't take the time or, you know, departments within. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you put a person in a place and that person is miserable. Yeah. right. And then how great yeah. can you be if you're miserable? Yeah. Whereby
1: it's like what
0: really drives no.
1: this person? Because then Mm-mm. they'll be amazing. Mm-mm. In fact, I've made a point with my team where we have these little check ins every once in a while. I'm trying to do more <laughs> often. check-ins and I I say, listen, tell me what I'm doing wrong. Tell me what you don't like about your job, but also tell me about something that you would love to do even if you think there's no way it has anything to do with what we're... Like I say, I'd really like to check out refrigerator repair, Jemmy. Tell me. I want to know. I can't tell you that there's going to be anything (laughs) I can do for you. But if there's a random thing we're doing where we're sending someone out the field to learn refrigerator repair you're gonna be our guy like, Listen, you know what I mean right like, <laughs> so Love you know it. for example George he wants to do more voiceover work fantastic he's doing some of the commercials for us now Cody who's one of our editors he just told me that he's trying to learn more video production stuff fantastic we're gonna start sending him him some projects so these are kind of things that I've made a, a point and a lot of it a lot of it I'll be honest with you has come from my mental notes of how I hated how I was treated in corporate America. And I was like, this is Mm -hmm. what I'm not going to do. And so I very personally and intentionally and purposely treated my team like the opposite of all that.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. I can relate to that. This is what I am not going to do. I love that. I feel like Jimmy just gave us a whole 101 on hiring, (laughs) you know, and hiring well and keeping people that work with us, happy and satisfied and growing. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was just all of the things. (laughs) I love my team. Yes, I love it. Let's talk self-care. All right. So moving into self-care, right? Like I want to take a slightly different approach to the concept. Yeah. I feel like many times when we discuss self-care, it's more on
1: a physical level, like massages, hair, nails and so on. I literally just reminded myself to make a massage appointment.
0: (laughs) They're important, right? I don't want to, you know, just because we're taking a different (laughs) approach doesn't mean it's not important. I just want to hit all of the different angles. Right. So let's talk about self-care from the perspective of happiness. Mm -hmm. I just talked about if you're miserable. How fulfilled are you going to be in life? Right. Mm -hmm. So say happy wife, happy life. (laughs) But Mm. in me, in your cases, it's like happy mom, happy Mm. life because I'm also a single parent. Right. So tell us about how choosing happiness to ultimately care for yourself and your son was a major turning point for you.
1: Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. I love this. Thank you for asking. This This is thank you, because I don't think women get a chance to speak on this enough. When I was pregnant with Jordan, my son, Jordan, he's going to be 10 in just a few days. I was let go of my job mm-hmm. because I live in us in Florida, which isn't at will State, which basically means we're at will and fire you for whatever reason we want, including if you're pregnant. <laughs> so I was let go in my life in corporate america i I went through the crash of two thousand and eight I saw entire departments get walked out. I was sexually harassed at a job there's been another company that courted me for like six months. I finally went in and literally three months into the job they killed the whole entire department Mm. it's crazy i had to drive through a tropical storm to get to work for a job i could have done remotely Mm. so for me i was miserable working for corporate america and i knew i'd be miserable for the rest of my life if i worked for corporate america so when i was standing there no job pregnant i thought hmm how do I fix this? <laughs> so at the time, obviously my choices were limited. So I, I, I did get another job in data analytics and that, that was great, but I was getting bored and I knew I wasn't going to be happy. I also knew this little life was just brought into the world and I didn't want to miss it. Mm. I consider myself lucky in that when my son was baby, My parents live 10 minutes from me, so they were able to watch him for the first 18 months of his life. I think that's about how long he he was with them. So it's very lucky. But still, even driving away from my parents' house, knowing he was there to go to work for the first time, I was hysterically crying the whole entire Mm -hmm. ride there. It was unbelievably unnatural for a mother to be separated from her baby but it's also, and this is what really hurt, the thought of my son being a baby not having any idea where his mother is for so long. Mm. I hated that thought. I hated the thought of uh, growing up, missing baseball games or whatever he was into, debate club, I don't care. <laughs> whatever <laughs> it is, I didn't want to miss it. I remember being a kid and not feeling well, going to the nurse, And knowing my dad's on the other end of that phone debating because he's at a job, can he leave? None of that ever felt copacetic to me. That doesn't seem right. So I really wanted to do something that was independent. Mm -hmm. That was a major half of it. But there was also the major half of, I would like the chance to see if, if I can actually decide I want to do something that I love for the rest of my life. Can I actually make it happen? And if I can, what a remarkable lesson for my son that he can do that too. I can set my son up for that, right? Instead of what I was currently experiencing and watching all the other miserable people walking around the the buildings of corporate America too. Right. So those are a lot of my reasons. But since he's been here walking around the world, my heart outside my body, I've realized so much more, and I'm so happy that I've made the decisions that I did because, for example, he had his Boosterthon fundraiser thing, the fun run, a couple weeks ago. Usually it's on a Friday. So in my head, it was on a Friday. So I had arranged everything so I wouldn't have to do anything on Friday. But first of all, lesson number one, I had the flexibility without having Mm -hmm. to ask permission to arrange everything so I didn't have anything to do on Friday. But then also lesson number two, when I found out it was on Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. I was able to rearrange everything
0: <laughs> listen listen
1: <laughs> and still go so I was still able to be on that field when my son was running around and that meant everything to me the fact that in a few days I could show up to his school and bring cupcakes or cookies or whatever the heck he wants for his birthday that means the world to me like these little things this is what life really is about when I'm on my deathbed I don't want to be thinking about how woulda, coulda, shoulda. I want to be remembering what I did. Right.
0: I love it. I love it. All right. So first things first, happy birthday, Jordan. Right. You heard it. Happy Happy
1: birthday. Happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes. Yes. And I love everything you said. And to me, it sounds like self-care looks like freedom. Mm-hmm. Right. It looks like flexibility, mm-hmm. and it looks like joy. Yes, like, I, I said happiness in the beginning, but I feel like happiness is circumstantial, but joy oh, yeah. is a deeper level. Yes, yeah, I love it. I love all of that, and it <laughs> goes along with your value system, right? Like, what do you value? Exactly. You know, and, and figure out a way to make that
1: your thing. Make it. Number one in your life, your values. One thousand percent. And, you know, I, I posted, I had a moment about a week or so ago and, and I posted up on Facebook. I said, I'm really proud of myself. That's it. That's the post. <laughs> yes. And it was because I was reflecting that I had built this, that I had right. built this flexibility. I had built this independence. I had built this freedom for me and for my son. And it's it's been tough. It has not been easy. Okay. Putting that out has not been easy. It's been hard, but it has been so worth it. Good, good. I love it. As
0: a bonus, let's talk celebrating wins. So tell us about your latest win and why it's important to you.
1: Okay. Well, the one that comes top of mind is the fact that I get to now co-host a very special show. It's the PodFest podcast. So I get to co-host it with Glenn from Horse Faded Network. And he's my favorite person to co-host anything with because like we look so different on paper. You couldn't like the boxes don't check at all. When I saw you go together go the first time, I was like, oh, OK, that's an interesting they- collaboration there. <laughs> they don't check at all in the same column. But we have the best time. So that's that's reason number one. Reason number two, though, is because it is PodFest. It's a milestone moment to be able to represent one of the biggest brands in the industry on a regular basis. This is so cool, right? But that's not even a reason why it's a win. The reason why it's a win is because. So that first conference I mentioned going to, that first podcast conference where I learned that there was a business side to it, where I learned about the power of it and all these things, was PodFest. And... Remember how I said that whole thing about projection and mama's got a limited budget. I think, yeah, I couldn't afford to go, okay? I couldn't afford to go to PodFest. But I was listening to a show put out by Libsyn called The Feed, and they mentioned that PodFest had this Pit forward program. And I was like, what's this? And essentially, where an attendee would buy an extra ticket and then give it to PodFest to say, give it to whomever you think Deserves her, best would use it. Da, da, da. So I quickly applied and I got one. I was like, oh my gosh, it's the best thing ever. And I called up my friend Teresa. I'm like, you better apply, girl. <laughs> she did. So she was my my roommate. We got in the car, we headed off to Podfest. And so what I didn't know until a couple of years later, and I actually didn't have it firmly confirmed until about six months ago, was that I was the first ever to pay it for a ticket ever awarded. The first ever. Wow. So, the fact that I was able to go to this conference for free and it changed my entire life, it gave me the support, the mentorship, the stewardship, the fellowship that I needed to make this podcast thing a thing. Mm -hmm. Man. So, I just felt like the luckiest girl ever. And then to get their high achiever award was fantastic. So, then to get the call to co host their show it was like, please don't pinch me. Cause if I'm dreaming, I don't want to know. <laughs> right. right. Know. <laughs> Let me just stay here. Please. And thank you. <laughs> exactly. exactly, I can't thank the team over there enough. And um, I also want to say a special thank you to Gabe Aloisi, who is the kind soul who thought of the idea for the pay it forward program, pitched it to Chris Kermit Sosa Podfest. Chris said, yes. Gabe bought the first one, and so I was the recipient for from Gabe's generosity. So thank you, Gabe. You made me. You made me, man. <laughs> I
0: love that. I love 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 it. And it's so funny. I'll never forget. Like the so so. Jimmy doesn't know that. You know, I've been low key stalking <laughs> her for a while, right? She, you know, all like right? at the different podcast events, right? And I nothing remember hearing you. Look, no, nothing <laughs> at all, right? <laughs> I remember hearing you share this story or similar, you know, and this was prior Mm -hmm. to co-hosting the show, right? But just getting that ticket, right? And I just thought it was super amazing. I've also received a Pay It Forward ticket, right? Right, like a club,
1: okay? You know, sometimes
0: you need a helping hand, and you can't be afraid to say, "I need a helping hand," right? Exactly. And Chris has also been instrumental in my podcasting journey. I just think it's amazing. Just the full circle that yes. you've experienced,
1: right? Yes, 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 yes. And and it's it's actually funny because so at that pod fest, I decided to turn into a project because the show I was doing at the time was called Curve the Cube and it was actually interviewing people who were doing what they love for a living, like I was kind of mentioning. So I decided, well, I'm going to a conference with a whole bunch of people doing what they love and let me just ask them. So I did like a Vox Pop version. I just asked a whole bunch of people really quick. Why do you love podcasting? Why do you love podcasting? What <laughs> <laughs> I sewed them all together for uh, an episode. But that's how I met Glenn and Gabe. Glenn and Gabe happened to get an award that year and they were both coming off stage. And so I shoved my microphone in their face and said, can I please interview? That's how I met them. After the microphone went off, they turned to each other and, and Glenn says to Gabe, she's really good. And then a conversation ensued about me that I'm like, I can't believe I'm witnessing this. This is crazy. And then Glenn mentored me and then hired me and da da the fact that at that moment, I didn't realize that I was interviewing on the one hand, the man who had mentored me and helped me become a professional podcaster. And on the other hand, the man who had given me my ticket in the first place. Wow,
0: Ah, so cool, so cool, so cool. And that is, that's the other story I remember because they talk about the amazing relationships that can Mm -hmm. be built from attending PodFest and you and Glenn's relationship is always the relationship. That's highlighted. No one's y'all, not we coming. We got a whole celebrity here today, y'all. We got a whole celebrity. I love it. All right, Jimmy. I could keep you here all day and I on mine, right? But I'm sure you have a life outside of talking <laughs> to Nicole. So tell me what a win her means to you.
1: Mmm. So here's the fun thing. Now I know you're tripping up on my last name earlier, but I'll tell you why you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. Ready? So Legonio. As is French and actually means something. It means the winner. Uh, Isn't that funny? Okay. And also, uh, another fun fact, my middle name's Nicole. But anyways, um listen, (laughs) all right. You know, I love it. (laughs) So what does a winner mean to me? It means a woman who is not afraid to forge her own path. Nothing holds her back. That doesn't mean she's not afraid. She's brave through the fear. That doesn't mean she's not self-conscious. She steps forward, proud and confident anyway. It's creating a moment for yourself where, you know, even if everything is stacked against you, you show up and you do your best and you try and you win. That to me is a win her. Yeah. You know what? That's it,
0: y'all. We done. No. Okay. So now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And scene.
0: I love that. And I love the. The momentum, the aura that was behind it, right? So we might have we might have to use that for a commercial. All right. Go for it. (laughs) So (laughs) tell us any parting words of advice you may have, and then let us know where we can find you, connect with you, stalk you, all of that good stuff.
1: Oh my goodness. You know what? There are gonna be days where you're gonna be wondering, why the heck am I still doing this? Whatever this is for you. It's gonna be hard. What I would suggest is. Right now, if you haven't started this yet, do this right now. Start a list. It can be handwritten. It can be in your phone, whatever. A list of reasons why you are building your thing, why you're doing whatever it is that you're doing. And they can be everything from the most frivolous to the most serious to the most just silly, right? When I was building my my business, for me, it was things like wanting my my freedom, wanting to be able to go to my son's field trips when when he had them to also just being able to build my own nest egg and leave a legacy. The reason I, I say this is the, one of the most important things you can do, because when those times are super tough, I can call it Nicole. I can call it my dad. I can call up whoever. Right. And I get a pet talk that Martin Luther King would be proud of. Right. <laughs> but it still might not motivate me out of my funk. Best person to motivate you out of your funk is yourself. Mm. And so if you write those words down when you're feeling them, when they pop into your head, it can be any time. i say we're driving car. Don't do that. Don't don't drive in (laughs) 10. Write anything down. But any other time, stand in line or whatever, write it down. And then when you're having the toughest moments, go to your own voice. Again, you know, the only thing more powerful than your voice is your spirit to use it. So go into your spirit that you had the moment when you wrote those words and tap into that and get your strength back from yourself. Win her.
0: Yeah, uh, listen,
1: <laughs> I want to follow up, but it's not about me right now. Where can we find you? <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at all the things, Flintstone Media. Uh, well, Flintstone com is the website and on social media Flintstone Media or producer Jimmy.
0: <sighs> Jimmy, thank you so, so much. You all, all of the links will be in the show notes, right? So make sure you follow Jimmy and, and all of the amazing things she is doing and totally appreciate everything you shared I had chills several different times (laughs) I am just like totally wow so
1: thank you thank you this is such a great conversation you're an incredible host I'm lucky to know you so thank you Nicole oh you're welcome
0: what's your takeaway from this episode send me an email and let me know my email is when at gmail.com I would love to hear from you one of my models is sharing is caring. So I sure hope that you care to share. Also, don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode to read Jimmy's full bio. Get the Cash App handle for WinHurse United. Get the direct link to my Buy Me a Coffee page. Get your ticket to the Winhurst United Virtual Summit, and more. We'll be back in two weeks with another amazing, winning woman of color entrepreneur. But until then, as always, be empowered and empower on.